In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Before planting, a gardener will typically mix in generous amounts of topsoil to loosen the dirt so that what is planted will be able to take root. He will remove other growing things so that there will be nothing to impede or compete with what is being planted. And there are other threats. I, dismay, I was dismayed one morning to see small birds making a snack of my lawn receding job. These three distinct threats are highlighted in the parable of the sower and the seed. The same seed was sown in every location, but it did not bear fruit in all locations because of birds, hard soil, and thorns or weeds. Jesus' explanation makes it clear that these obstacles to growth correspond with what we call the enemies of the soul, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We should all be familiar with these. We just heard about them in baptism and in our own baptisms, we heard. Godparents were asked, quote, Dost thou renounce the devil and all his works? the vain pomp and glory of the world with all covetous desires of the same and the sinful desires of the flesh so that thou wilt not follow nor be led by them. And our response was, I renounce them all and will endeavor by God's help not to follow nor be led by them. We should have some sense of what these are and how they impact our faith or we can hardly renounce something that we know nothing about. The devil is a malevolent spiritual force who works to destroy our faith. He imposes a darkness of mind. He causes spiritual blindness so that people cannot see God. He makes people afraid to trust God and change. The devil's goal is always to attack and undermine faith. Though we typically associate the devil with extreme forms of evil, the devil is just as content to undermine our faith with prosperity or pleasure. For the devil, the thing itself means nothing. He is only concerned with whether the circumstance or thing we face undermines or encourages our faith. The flesh is the misdirected desires of our own hearts, which cause us naturally to desire things that are not good for us. The world is the lure of pleasure, wealth, and status, which are idols that compete with God for our affections, and allegiance. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaks of three foundational spiritual disciplines that are the primary means of overcoming these enemies. Prayer, almsgiving, and fasting. Demonic temptation is overcome chiefly through prayer. Through prayer, 
we gain the wisdom to see the larger spiritual battle that is taking place within the small visible battles of our lives. And through prayer, we find the grace we need to act faithfully in response. The temptations of the flesh are overcome through fasting. The funny thing about the flesh, our fallen nature, is that it leads us to desire things that ultimately make us unhappy, yet we still want them. To break this cycle, we must learn to purposely abstain from things. This helps us gain control over our desires so that we may say no when we ought to say no and yes when we ought to say yes. Paradoxically, we fast precisely because we want to enjoy the good things that God has given us and our fallen nature undermines that true, authentic enjoyment. The temptation of the world is conquered primarily through almsgiving and perhaps giving more generally. People often think that the reason for giving is that the church and the needy require funds. But these are secondary reasons for giving. Jesus did not command the rich young ruler to sell all that he had and give it to the poor because he saw how much good the man's money would do for the poor. He commanded the rich young ruler to sell and give all because the man's heart was attached to his money. He was captive to the world, and he needed to renounce the world in order to be saved. We tithe and give alms because we must renounce the world. And the way we renounce the world is to take what the world gives and values and dedicate it to Christ and to the least of his brethren. For as Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Three of the four parts of the seed in the parable represent people who ultimately had an unfruitful faith. These people seemed to be among the people of God. The seed was present in them, and in some cases even grew a little bit. But it did not, quote, bear fruit to perfection, because they did not conquer the enemies that opposed their faith. They heard the word, but did not commit themselves to the life of prayer and so never conquered the evil one. They heard the word, but did not moderate the desires of the flesh through fasting, and so were overcome by temptation and testing. They heard the word, but did not renounce the world through almsgiving, and so their affections remained divided. This unfruitful faith results when we make peace with our enemies instead of conquering them. This state of spiritual compromise comes upon us gradually. 
in the same way that plants in a garden become stagnant because we neglect to do battle with pests, the hard soil, and the ever-present weeds. It just happens over time because we neglect to fight the enemies. Then we get comfortable with it or become overwhelmed by the prospect of changing it. There's nothing to motivate us to action and change. We are getting ready for Lent, which gets us ready for Easter and the resurrection, when fruitful faith will be rewarded. The church gives us this season of Lent as an opportunity to do those things that we would not otherwise do. The church gives us Lent as an opportunity to wake up and change, to uproot and overturn the unfaithful status quo. We have a week and a half until Lent begins. This is a week and a half to consider what kind of gardening might be necessary to make our faith more fruitful. To consider how the devil, the world, and the flesh are attacking our faith. And to consider what combination of increased prayer, fasting, and almsgiving we will arm ourselves so that we may have greater success in the battle. In baptism we pray, quote, grant that he or she may have power and strength to have victory and to triumph against the devil, the world, and the flesh. This is the victory of Easter, and it is waiting for all who are willing to fight the good fight and, quote, bring forth fruit with patience. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.